It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. For the love of Pete, it's something you might say when your car gets damaged, but that won't get you the help you need for your vehicle. As someone named Jake, what you should be saying is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. For help filing your claim 24-7, whether it's on the phone, online, or on the award-winning State Farm mobile app, however you choose. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Tuesday episode of Locked On Raptors, the Toronto Raptors in shorthanded fashion take down the Detroit Pistons, and Delano Banton is all anyone can talk about. We'll dig into Banton's great performance as well as some really strong minutes from Malachi Flynn, an ode to Chris Boucher. We'll talk about OG's big dunk on Marvin Bagley and so much more coming up on today's episode of Locked On Raptors. Thanks so much for hanging. Oh, like because when I shot, I expected to make it, so like I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the first time in the Hail Mary 3 by Mo Get that cabbage out of here. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 1282 of Locked On Raptors for Tuesday, November the 15th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for nine seasons on various platforms, including Post Touches, my new Substack, which you can go subscribe to to get intermittent posts of my thoughts on the Toronto Raptors over there. It's on my pinned tweet, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors as well, and you can follow, subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast for free and all your favorite podcast apps. We're also on YouTube if you want to go support the show in video form. You don't got to watch every day. I don't, I don't. I wouldn't make you go through that. I don't have to make you look at my face all the time. But if you go and hit the subscribe button, it helps boost the numbers, helps with the algorithms and all that stuff. So thank you in advance for doing that. And today's show is brought to you by our friends over at BetterHelp. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA. All right, let's get to it. On today's show, we're digging into the Raptors' 115-111 win over the Pistons without Pascal Siakam, without Fred Van Vliet, without Precious Achua without Gary Trent Jr., and without Otto Porter Jr. for the second half of the game as he left with a foot soreness thing. Hopefully, he's going to be all right. Not out too, too long. Of course, durability. Always the concern with Otto Porter Jr. So definitely got the eyes up on that one. But still, a very fun performance from a Raptors team that was given off super Tampa vibes. I got to say, you got Malachi Flynn playing well, like he's the player, the rookie of the month from 2021 in April. Uh, you've got uh, a pretty sparse crowd in Detroit, although lots of Raptors fans, which is always cool to see. Poor Detroit fans, but uh, <laughs> nice to see the support going over the border. Uh, you got Chris Boucher going off as well. Lots of 2021 or 2020-21 Tampa Bay vibes here, but a win. So not at all Tampa. 
Tampa. A uh, very, very different outcome than most of the games that season. And so, yeah, we're going to dig into the big takeaways. We're going to talk about uh, Chris Boucher, who I just think deserves a segment of his own, who's fantastic and maybe should be playing like 30 plus minutes every night. I don't know. Uh, we got the good, the bad, and the hmm coming up later on. But I want to begin, of course... With Delano Banton, who was just a delight last night. Career high, 27 points on 9 of 16, shooting 3 of 7 from downtown to pull his season three-point shooting percentage up to 35%. That's important. We'll talk about that. Uh, five boards, four assists, three steals, two blocks, only two turnovers as well. He had the ball in his hands quite a bit, so you like to see that as well. And this was just, you know, a game I did not see coming. Let's put it that way. I am have been, at least, a little bit tentative about the Delano Banton minutes. I feel like he hasn't done a whole lot to kind of get the offense going in the half court as a ball handler, which is very important. And he's not really the type of guy who so far has proven he can really play off the ball. He's basically transition or bust. And this was not the case in the game against the Pistons in the fourth quarter, him and Jaden Ivey going at it in the duel you didn't know you needed in your life. Uh, you know, Banton had his moments of rough half court offense, you know, almost turned it over on one possession uh, where he kind of drove, picked up his dribble, tried to find uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez with a pass. Hernan Gomez hit him back, there was a turnover, it was ugly, it broke down, but then it was like a scramble pinball play and it ended up with a Delano Banton dunk because everything Delano Banton did last night was charmed. You know, there are those moments of sort of just a lack of burst, a lack of being able to turn the corner around a screen for Banton in the half court, but way better stuff overall last night, I think, in terms of the way he attacked the Pistons' defense. And it should be noted before we go any further, this Pistons team sucks. It is really bad. Uh, no Kate Cunningham, obviously. They're going to be good at some point. Jaden Ivey, as we have talked about and will talk about, was a problem and is going to be very good. But man, this Pistons team is a mess and not really the the type of squad cut out to, I, I guess, break the Dwayne Casey curse or keep the Dwayne Casey curse going. Um, yeah, w- w- weird bad team over there. They're, what, 3-12 and 12 now. It's not great. But either way, the Raptors were lucky they came across that Pistons team because of all, all the guys they're missing. And you will take this win and you will take the small incremental steps for Delano Banton as a half-court creator. We know in the open court, he's terrifying. He's super fast. He can go 80 feet in just a couple seconds. And, you know, all, all of a sudden you're looking at a layup. You know, the the, the things that are going to determine his long-term future with the Raptors and, you know, even just short-term future as a rotation player with the Raptors are more sort of the half-court stuff, the the stuff you got to do to be a functional player in a half-court offense. And we saw it last night, not just with the creation of turning the corner, getting downhill, operating pick and roll, but also being able to stand and catch and shoot a three. Really, really impressive stuff from Benton last night. And I don't know how you can be any happier. You know, they needed it badly because this was not a big offensive game from Scotty Barnes. We'll talk about Scotty and the good, the bad, and the hmm. I won't tease what part that is, but it's the middle one. Uh, (laughs) There's OG Ananobi who had himself, I I thought, a... Very gritty performance. You know, he didn't shoot very well. His jump shot was way off. Just one of six on threes. I think he was like 0 of 15 on those sort of stop and step back mid-range jumpers that he likes to try out. Uh, But he still found his way to just sort of bully his way to the bucket a whole bunch. Got to the line seven times. That was great. But they needed some offensive juice in this game with Barnes and OG not being the ones to provide it. And it was Delano Banton and it was Malachi Flynn who really offered it up. We should talk about Flynn as well, because I I think he's playing himself into the good graces once again, and he's doing the things that you desperately have wanted to see from him since the Raptors brought him into the league. 
And look, the, the Raptors haven't really done a great job of putting him in a great position to succeed. And I don't think it's a coincidence that you see him, for his first real extended run playing alongside Christian Coloco, find some success in the pick and roll. What was Malachi Flynn's whole thing coming out of school? He's like the best pick and roll operator in the, in, in the country. And that's where his bread is going to be buttered in the NBA. The Raptors, again, I've said this before, I don't think they should be tailoring the way they play to their 13th best player. And so I've not really had a problem with them not running a lot of pick and roll. They run an offense that fits the guys that they have who are their best players. But it was really nice to see last night that sort of connection burgeoning with Christian Coloco. Coloco had eight points in this one, got to the line four times, and a lot of that was off of Malachi Flynn. Flynn also scored quite a bit just coming off of Coloco's screens. There was a great drive and finish with the right hand in the first half. There was a pull-up three coming around the other way in the second half. And that's the comfort level that we've just never really seen from Malachi Flynn over extended periods of time as an NBA player. And, you know, you think about what does a situation like this for the Raptors do? There's four or five guys out of the lineup, three starters, some of the best defenders on the team. It's a really, really difficult situation to navigate right now. And what is the one benefit, the silver lining for these types of situations where you are down bad and really shorthanded? It's that you get guys like Malachi Flynn and Delano Banton, very valuable full game reps. It's not just they come in for four minutes at the end of a half to you know fill in some bench minutes. Like they're being relied upon 25 minutes for Banton, 15 for Flynn to build on the 35 minutes he played in the two games over the weekend. This extended run helps guys get into comfort zones, gets them sort of with the reps that you need. And just maybe down the line, once you do have your guys back, you can sort of go back and say, all right, Delano Banton, we've seen you do some stuff. You want to be a rotation guy now? You want to slot in and play some in-between lineups with these dudes? Go nuts. Same with Malachi Flynn. You want to keep Fred Van Vliet from playing back-to-backs, or you want to keep him from just playing 39 minutes a game? All right, Malachi Flynn, we've seen you do it. Let's go and see if maybe you can kind of come in and when the team's at full health, really contribute and be a deeper part of this bench. And, you know, that that's, that's the one silver lining here is you get guys to get real reps. And, you know, it's it just every time you see Malachi Flynn and Christian Coloco run a pick and roll, that to me is something, okay, you can build on that. That's something that you can build a second unit around where you sprinkle in starters between those two guys. That's your backbone. And then you throw in an OG or a Gary Trent Jr. to work off of that. And that's how you build good in-between lineups. It's having these little combos that work. We've seen it with Precious Achua and um, Chris Boucher, of course. That duo always tends to work well with whomever they play with. If you can find another duo like that, like a Flynn and a Coloco or a Banton, just to kind of slide in as this chaos agent, that's going to give the Raptors more options down the line. And that is, if there is anything good to come out of not having all your good players available, that's one. And I think Banton and Flynn, look, they got to do it more than just one night against the Pistons with a depleted roster, for sure. But... I think there's a lot to build on from this game, and you got to be happy with what you've seen. And the last three games from Flynn, really, where he's actually gotten some rope and trust, he's looking like he has some spunk to him. He, on defense, is flying around, he's contesting, he's doing what he can at his diminutive size. I'm, I'm happy with what I'm seeing there from Malachi Flynn, and I think this game for Banton and Flynn could be a really big stepping stone going forward to them being pretty reasonable back part of the rotation contributors. Otto Porter Jr. is hurt. You can slot one of those guys in. You just want to go a little deeper in your bench. You can you can slot. Obviously, other guys are going to get hurt. Those guys can swap into. Um, and the more reps you get them now, the better. And you know that thankfully the Raptors play three games between now and the Saturday after American Thanksgiving. So they got a bit of a reprieve here after a super crazy schedule. They got the Heat on Wednesday, then just a couple games between now 
and thing and Thanksgiving. And so that's like a nice little break in the schedule. So hopefully there's not too many more instances where you got to rely on the Delano Banton game to get you a win. But again, the long-term benefits here, I, I think the fact that you bank this win, you're up to eight and seven, you're three and three without Pascal, like you're, you're treading water just fine right now. And these are little seeds that could sprout down the line, down the line in the regular season where you get, oh, you're in February, you need Malachi Flynn to come in and run some second units. And maybe you have a little bit more in terms terms of reps and belief that he can actually do that when you come in and maybe he himself has more belief that he can do that after having a really successful performance nice little run of performances here where he's kind of looked a little bit more legit so uh all very exciting stuff we're going to continue on here and dig into more from the raptors win over the pistons and mostly we're going to talk about chris boucher who was fantastic in this one and i think is making a case to play even more than he is for the raptors right now we'll get to that in just one second before we do that however do got to tell you about our friends over at Sweatblock, who are a wonderful company that are exactly tailored to me, a very sweaty guy. Uh, you know, I like to wear dark colors. I don't like to wear colorful stuff because I pit out. And that's just, look, it's just the way it is. I'll say it here. Not embarrassed. It's fine. But Sweatblock is here with their wonderful formula to help you not sweat so excessively. Sweatblock wipes were inspired by a doctor, and they're guaranteed to work or you don't pay. They call it Sweatblock Dry Shirt Guarantee for a reason. If Sweatblock doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. It's that simple. All you got to do, basically, you pull out a wipe before you go to bed, you wipe down, and then you go to sleep. You wake up and you are not sweating nearly as much as you were the night before. That is a wonderful way for it to all work. Uh, go and check them out. They're a really fantastic place. You can go and get 20% off with the promo code LOCKEDON at sweatblock.com. They're also available on Amazon. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweating, this is a wonderful gift idea. I rock with it. You should too. Go to sweatblock.com. 20% off with the promo code LOCKEDON. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at Rocket Money, who are helping you get out of subscriptions you don't want to be paying for anymore. You know how much money we waste on things that we don't need anymore? I do this all the time. I sign up for a thing, a service, whatever, for a one-month trial, and then I'll forget to cancel it, and all of a sudden I'm getting monthly emails that I owe eight bucks to whatever it is the thing that I signed up for, and I always forget to cancel it because I'm a fool, and I'm very bad at writing things down, and I'm terrible at admin. Well, guess what? Uh, Rocket Money is here for you. Of course, formerly known as Truebill, they are here to cancel those subscriptions for you so you are no longer paying money that you don't want to pay. You can cancel unnecessary subscriptions with Rocket Money today. Go to rocketmoney.com slash locked on. Seriously, it could save you hundreds of dollars per year. That's rocketmoney.com slash locked on. All right, we continue on here with your first listen of the day, digging into the Raptors win over the Detroit Pistons on Monday night to move to eight and seven on the season. They got the Miami Heat coming up tomorrow. As they head back home, the Heat looking a little bit more like a real basketball team, kind of getting their swag back, beat the Suns last night, good for them. Um, so it'll be a tough one for the Raptors, still, as of recording, no update on what the injury situation will be. You hope Fred Van Vliet can come back from his illness, uh, you hope that Otto Porter Jr. is not too hurt, figure you're not getting Pascal or uh, Precious Achua back, and then, you know, we'll, we'll see about Gary Trent Jr., but yeah, the, this game, the, the, you know, we talked about Delano Banton and Malachi Flynn and how important they were, but we also really got to shout out Chris Boucher, man, who is just so good at basketball. It really just bears repeating. Chris Boucher is so good at basketball and the growth for this guy, man, it, it's it's kind of staggering. If you think back to 
what he was even in 2019-20, the season where the Raptors go and are on a 60-win pace. It gets cut short by COVID. They stumble on this bench unit with Chris Boucher and Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, which is very effective. But, you know, it's like this crash bandicoot thing, right? Chris Boucher comes in, flies around, gets some offensive boards, misses some putbacks, hits some putbacks, misses some threes. Like, he's just like a very incomplete but also effective basketball player because he's erratic. He's crazy. It's hard to really kind of game plan for a guy like that who's just coming in and he's the bull in the china shop. And it, just the refinement, the growth, the polish that's come along with him in the last couple years is pretty amazing. And we saw it really bear fruit last night when he goes on a Kevin Durant-like pull-up mid-range kick in the middle of the second quarter and keeps the Raptors very much afloat, puts the Raptors ahead in this game, if I recall, the sort of game flow. You know, they kind of had the the Pistons at arm's length most of the night, Um, but this was like one of their better stretches of the game was Chris Boucher coming in and just draining a bunch of mid-rangers because he felt like it. And he just... He settled into a really good groove this season, I think. He's such a good off-ball mover. He knows exactly where to slot into you know certain pockets of space to make himself a presentable target. Him and Scotty Barnes have a really good chemistry. I think last season, one of the most annoying things in the world was Chris Boucher not being ready for Scotty Barnes' passes. That's not so much the case anymore this year. We saw a really, really great, high-arcing entry pass from Scotty last night in the second half into Boucher. Boucher goes up. Um, I can't remember if he finished the play or not, but like I think he did. It, it was just like a really, oh, all right, that, that's a gorgeous pass by Scotty. And the sort of catch, quick turnaround and finish for, for Boucher, it's a, it's a really great skill. We talked yesterday on the show. Vivek was pointing out that Chris Boucher's mid-range game is coming along, and there's some touch there. And we saw that very much on display last night. But it's not just... The 18-foot pull-ups, it's the sort of enclosed, there's traffic all around, he's adjusting, he's just so smooth when he goes up for his little floaters and stuff, it's just been great to see. And we know on defense, he kind of fits the bill exactly of what the Raptors are looking for when it comes to the guys they bring off the bench, when it comes to the guys they fill the roster with. He's just like the the epitome of Vision 6-9, and to me... I've kind of hinted at this already this season, but I think it's very clear. Chris Boucher is the fifth best player on the Raptors right now, and he should probably be getting even more run than he is. He played a little bit in the fourth quarter last night, didn't close the last few minutes, and I wonder if maybe we start to see closing Chris Boucher at some point here. You know, obviously, he is always going to be a little bit better as the guy who's kind of running out to the corners as opposed to being the back line of defense. You don't necessarily want him being your go-to center all the time. But if you can throw him out there with Scotty Barnes, who say what you will about his perimeter defense, but his rim defense has been pretty solid this season. You get OG, you get Pascal, hopefully when he's back, um, you know, and we know his wonderful help side stuff and the way he kind of cleans up all the messes. I feel like that can work. And I just, I think I'm in, you know, we talked before the season, all right, who's going to start? Is it going to be Precious Achua or Gary Trent Jr.? Obviously, Trent's been the answer to that question pretty definitively so far this year. But like, what if you throw Chris Boucher into that conversation and swap Gary Trent Jr. out, bring Chris Boucher in for certain matchups, or just as your regular starting five or closing five, whatever you want, that lineup of Fred Van Vliet, OG Ananobi, Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam, Chris Boucher, I would like to see that more. We haven't seen it so far this season. Guys in and out of the lineup, that's not very surprising. Only played 64 possessions last season, so not a ton in terms of sample for them. But in that 
very short sample, 99th percentile in terms of offense, 123 offensive rating. The defense, a little bit not great, about a 120 defensive rating, but still a plus three lineup, a positive lineup. That's a lineup I'd like to see once they get back to full health, if they get back to full health. Um, And I could totally see that being a go-to closing lineup. I think Chris Boucher, who if you asked me two years ago, all right, you got to close games with Chris Boucher. I would have barfed. It would have been terrifying. Like, really? That guy? He's so unreliable. How can you possibly expect him to maintain the integrity of the defense? All this stuff. He jumps out of position. Blah, 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 blah. But, like, now, feels like a no-brainer. He's awesome. He's so good. The transition game from him is incredible. You know, one of the highlights of last night, which we'll kind of get into a little bit later on, was the lob dunk from Delano Banton on the run in the fourth quarter. That's incredible stuff. And that's the stuff that Chris Boucher does he is such a finisher a weapon in transition on defense you know what he's going to do in terms of just flying around and being along and blocking threes and all that stuff he's just a really really good basketball player and it is worth pointing out after a game in which he kind of saved the Raptors asses right like Delano Banton Malachi Flynn were awesome but they needed some other juice and they got it from Chris Boucher and he was just really Really outstanding in his 31 minutes, 7 to 12, 1 of 3 from deep. He's at 35% from three so far this year, which, you know, coming into the year, the hope was can he find some in between between the 38, 39% he was at in Tampa on very high volume, nearly four attempts a game, and on the other side of things, can he come in at the you know, like above the 29% he was at last season. And he's done that. 35%. He's right in between the two seasons as well in terms of attempts per game. Uh, it's a nice little sweet spot. It's not everything for Chris Boucher's game. He's there to take threes when they're there, but he's not building his game around it like he kind of was in Tampa. It, it's just, it's been really, really cool. Chris Boucher is the fifth best Toronto Raptor. What a sentence. Uh, do people care about who's the fifth best player on a team? I don't really know. But uh, he's playing like it right now. And he certainly should warrant consideration for starting or closing or whatever going forward here as the Raptors get healthy. And this is not to take anything away from Gary Trent Jr. I just kind of think Gary Trent Jr.'s success is way more dependent on the players he's playing with necessarily. Like he's he's really good when he's got good players around him to create good looks for him. When he's creating in the half court, it's a little bit dicey. And maybe the dream of sixth man Gary running bench units is kind of dying here on the vine. But uh, Chris Boucher, man, he's just, he's that good that he's kind of nudged himself, I think, ahead of Gary Trent Jr. in the hierarchy of the roster. And boy, oh boy, does that contract look really, really good right now. Uh, What is it? Three years, 45. That is pretty damn good money business for the Raptors there with Chris Boucher, who rocks. With that, we're going to continue on, close out the show with a look at the good, the bad, and the hmm from the game against the Pistons. We will do that in just one second before we do that. However, got to tell you about our friends over at Prize Picks, baby. They are making daily fantasy fun, easy, accessible for everybody. It's very simple. You just pick two to five players for your entry, and you decide whether you're going to get more or less than the certain stat they've been projected for in whatever category, whether it's steals, rebounds, points, whatever you want. Put up two to five players on your ticket, and then you can win up to 10 times if you get them all right. That is a wonderful, wonderful way to go. It's a fun, fun way to do it. It's accessible. You don't, you're not you know, like the sort of commitment of a full season long thing where you're riding or dying with the same guys every night. You can mix it up. It's great. And they have safe and fast withdrawals. And they're currently operational in over 30 states as well as Canada, everywhere except for Ontario at the moment. So go check them out if they're available where you are. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code LOCKEDON. 
on. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100, poof, into your account. What a great deal. Just head to the website and use the promo code LOCKEDON at prizepix.com for that instant deposit match up to 100 bones. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, rounding out the show here uh, with the good, the bad, and the hmm, the way we round out each one of these game recap shows. Uh, For me, the good, I mean, I talked about OG's game in general. That could certainly fall in here as well. Again, a very gritty 19 points on 6 of 19 shooting. The jump shot was way off. But who needs jump shots when you're dunking everything in sight? OG is dunking like a maniac this season. It's been incredible to watch. And last night, he might have had his crowning achievement so far, 15 games into the season. So there's plenty of crownings to come. But he drives in from the left corner, dunks on Marvin Bagley Jr., thankfully avoids a horrible injury on the sort of off-balance fall to the ground. And we have ourselves another candidate for Raptors dunk of the year. Uh, let me know in the comments. Better dunk OG against Marvin Bagley or Scotty Barnes against Nikola Vucevic, uh, Alex Caruso, the whole mess of Chicago Bulls who he obliterated in the game last Monday. I think those are the two candidates we got right now. It's very, very exciting. This team dunks a lot. That's one of the main appeals of draws of this team. They dunk so much. I love it. And let me just put this out there into the world. I know that OG Ananobi is not exactly a man who is uh, gregarious, necessarily. He's not someone who's out there to put on a show. He's just kind of out there to do, do OG and be OG. But don't contest OG. Should we start the campaign? Like, get him in there dunking very sullen and just sort of deadpan we can maybe get uh, someone <laughs> mentioned last night something involving scarves with Serge Ibaka involvement would be pretty fun um I just like the idea of OG being in the dunk contest and doing like a fine dunk like an eight worthy dunk and staring over at the scorer's table and just kind of staring deadpan until the people holding up eights fiddle around and they find their number nine card it's like that right OG keeps on staring they fiddle around, they find the 10, put it up, and then it's just 50s across the board because they're scared or intimidated by the OG blank stare. That feels uh, pretty good to me. I, you know, I, look, it's not going to happen. OG's not a dunk contest, man, but it would be very fun. And I think, it, like, for me, I like a heavy dunker. I like people who kind of bring the rim down. That's really OG's whole appeal as a dunker. He's just such a strong finisher. Um, would be pretty cool to see. OG in the dunk contest. It's a very different vibe to like a Damar or a Terrence Ross or a Jamario Moon who are like these athletic high flyers, the acrobatics. OG just dunks mean and uh, he's the good with that dunk. Really, really great stuff. Also, uh, because OG also loves dunks for all, uh, he was the big sort of progenitor of the Chris Boucher lob dunk as well where uh, OG gets the block at the rim, Scotty collects it, hit ahead to Banton, Banton up to Boucher. That's beautiful stuff, baby. Uh, we love the Raptors when they are doing their transition best, and OG was a big part of that last night. So that's the good. The bad. We got to talk about it. Scotty Barnes, once again. Um, 
Not the best performance from Scotty Barnes in this one. Certainly some moments, there are always moments from Scotty Barnes where he looks incredible. The sort of weird flying scoop underhand bounce pass to Delano Banton in this one was beautiful. Sublime stuff in the first half. Um, you know, he had a, a couple of nice moments, a big dunk late in the game on a, you know, he's kind of standing in the dunker spot. Delano Banton hits him and he goes up and dunks it. That was great. He also dunked in the first possession of the game, just kind of working out of that dunker spot. And, you know, he still had the four assists. Like, he he's doing the thing where he contributes in small ways, even when he's not looking so hot. But the real bad here was the perimeter defense on Jaden Ivey in this game. And the perimeter defense has gotten to be a problem again for Scotty Barnes. I thought the first five, six, seven games of the year, frankly, before Pascal Siakam went out, he was doing a wonderful job defensively. I talked about it on this show about how the way OG and Scotty were playing on the perimeter was freeing up Pascal to not have to be the solution to every defensive problem for the Raptors. And that's really, really slipped away this last little while. We're seeing Scotty be too aggressive. Like, Jaden Ivey's whole thing is, that guy's fast. And Scotty Barnes is getting, like, way up into his shirt. Just give the guy a little breathing space. The guy shot 32% on threes in college. Yeah, he's at like 35% this year. But like, I would much rather Jaden Ivey, you know, be sort of coerced into a pull-up three because this big, long 6'9 dude is just kind of walling off all the potential driving lanes. I'd much rather that than have Jaden Ivey see easy drives around a guy who's not the fleetest of foot laterally and just kind of plunging into the Raptors' defense and causing chaos from that. That's what Ivey was doing last night. He's really good, man. He's going to be awesome. The Pistons are going to be just fine. I know Pistons fans are very depressed right now and very sad about their team, but they're going to be just fine with Ivey and Cade, I would say. Either way, Scotty's got to be better perimeter defense-wise. Again, he's had his moments as a rim protector. He had a big block last night just kind of waiting there as uh, it might have been Ivy kind of driving in. It might have been Bogdanovich. I can't remember exactly. I watched it this morning, and it's all blank and blurry in my face, in my head. But uh, he had a big, nice, you know, kind of just there as the last line of defense block in, in the first half. Um, he does have his moments as a rim protector, but as a perimeter defender, it's just not been there. And it was weird last night. Because OG Ananobi's right there. And what's the OG thing? He can take any guard and make him his lunch on defense. And it's very easy for him, it seems. Trey Young, for example. Go on down the line. Jaden Ivey felt like perfect OG food in this game. And they did not put OG on him in the, in the late going. Almost cost them the game, honestly. Um, you know, except for Jeff Doughton coming in and offering some pretty good resistance against Ivey in his place. Got a block. That was nice to see. Very good Jeff Doughton time, too. Um, but... I feel bad for not talking enough about Jeff Doughton, but we'll talk about him in, in a sec here. But either way, like not making the switch there. I wonder if it was like a Nick Nurse just kind of doing development on the fly. Just be like, you're going to learn how to guard Jaden Ivey, Scotty Barnes, if it's the last thing we do in this game. Um, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not in Nick Nurse's head. I can't proclaim that's what he was thinking, but... I wonder if that was going on here because, like, th th there's just there was no reason to keep Scotty in that position, and uh, you know, I, I don't think the Raptors put him in the greatest position to succeed, considering the trouble he was having with Ivy. That said, he's just got to be better and stop playing so far up and overzealous on defense. Um, the offense, you know, I thought the process was mostly pretty good there today or last night. You know, he wasn't settling for jumpers too much or anything like that. He just kind of had a weird offensive game. I continue to wonder how much the ankles are bothering him, and I wonder if he's just kind of gutting it out right now because the Raptors are so depleted. Um, and I wonder if they, once they get guys back, if they're just going to scoot Scotty Barnes over to the bench for a couple weeks just to kind of rest those, rest those ankles up. He's certainly going to benefit, you would think, 
from just three games in the next 11 days. But uh, yeah, that, that's the bad. Scotty Barnes defensively. It's it just, it's really evaporated from what was very encouraging to start the season. Um, we'll have to see, but, uh, and, and look, this is all stuff that second year players are supposed to go through. There's a lot of growing pains here. Much like everybody else on the team, life gets a lot harder for him when Pascal Siakam's not out, when Fred Van, Vliet, Fred Van Vliet's not out. You know, Scotty can't even get his proper creation windows going because there's no space, and he, he's just he's, he's not being well, he's not able to benefit from Siakam and Fred being on the floor. It's uh, it's tough right now, but I, I'm not terribly worried. Scotty Barnes is going to be just fine. He throws three passes a game that kind of make you imagine, oh, okay, yeah, everything's fine. Uh, and so I'm still very much on the, oh, everything's fine tip with Scotty Barnes, even if it was pretty rough last night and has been rough over the last week or so, as we've talked about already this week. My hmm to close things, think, close things out is... Thad Young, working from the elbows. The Gasol packages, they're running with Thad Young at the elbows. It's beautiful. He had, I think, two different passes last night to cutters from the elbow. He is working those sort of, you know, he'll, he'll go and work the elbow, a little fake handoff, stuff like that. He'll keep it himself, get downhill sometimes. You're seeing that teams do not respect him as a shooter at all. And it would be nice to see if, if Thad could kind of recapture some of the weird three-point shooting stroke he had last year after the Raptors picked him up. But, um, you know, until teams worry about a shot there, it's not going to be like the most dynamic play in the world. But he is able to kind of do the keeper play, get downhill in his weird sort of scattershot way and figure it out from there. He's pretty good at spraying it out to the corners and stuff like that from that position. Um, and I just, I love watching Thad young hit cutters it's just beautiful i think he hit uh banton and boucher last night on various cuts and it's just we love it so that's my hmm is more of that i I would like to see more of that work it in get more refined with it thad young i thought was really effective last night 26 minutes just two of four from the field but he had the four assists two steals block that huge offensive board late in the game as well that kept the big, big possession alive for the raptors he's uh I'm glad to see Thad is back in the mix because that the few games there where he was out were very sad to me because I like watching Thad Young throw cool passes. And uh, with that, we're going to round it up there. I suppose an honorable mention for whom is Jeff Doughton, 15 minutes, 2 of 3, played down the stretch, played very well defensively down the stretch. Um, and, you know, it's not ideal to have Jeff Doughton, Malachi Flynn, and Delano Benton as your three lead ball handlers right now, but... If they're going to sort of learn on the fly and and figure some things out here while Fred Van Vliet and Gary Trent and Pascal Siakam are out, then uh, you could do a lot worse, I suppose. And it's nice to see. Again, you, you get these reps now. You never know when it could benefit you down the line as guys get more seasoned and ready to be called upon down the line. All right. With that, we're going to round up today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back again tomorrow with Katie Heindel for a whatevs Wednesday, as we usually are. Jamar Hines going to pop by on Thursday. We're going to talk about the Raptors heat game on Wednesday and working on a guest for Friday as well. With that, though, thank you so much for tuning in. Go make your second listen of the day, Locked On Sports Today, which is hosted by Pete Bukowski. It's a wonderful download of all the stuff that happened in the sports world yesterday that you should know about, so be sure to go and check that out and support that podcast, favorite podcast apps, YouTube, the whole nine yards. It's all there. Thank you so much. You can find me at Woodley Sean, of course, on Twitter. The show's at Lockdown Raptors. Subscribe, rate, review, YouTube, subscribe. That is also appreciated as well. And without any more to say, I suppose I'll wrap it here. We'll talk to you again on Wednesday with another episode of Lockdown Raptors. Bye-bye.
Hey Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.